Daily Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 73, Drones, toilet paper cutting with your aircraft and other aviation happiness coming up in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Zyko, Sean Moody, Rick Felty, and Carl Valeri. Welcome to episode 73 of the Stuck Mike Avcast. I'm your host, Carl Valerian. I'm joined with my fellow aviation happiness experts today. We're here with Sean Moody, uh, Victoria Zyko, and Eric Crump. How you all doing tonight? Happy. Hey, hey aviation hey. happy. <laughs> and we're all, we're all happy for, for a couple reasons. First of all, I'm really happy because I had a lot of fun flying this week. Uh, I'm actually uh, right now in Tampa, Florida area, and... Got to go down to Peru again and got to see the highest mountain in Peru, so that was pretty cool to see. So I really enjoyed that. Really psyched to be here tonight. Uh, and and the other thing I got to do, this is the, the coolest thing, is that I got to actually touch a single-engine airplane. <laughs> it was awesome. I, as a matter of fact, How I put some... Did you? It was cool. It was, it was just... It, I got... You know what's funny? This is really strange, is that I really got excited again. Like, I felt like a little kid. You know, around an airplane, I was, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to go fly this again. This is so cool. The the 182 that I used to be partners in, well, my one partner in it, he wants to go back up and fly, and so we're going to go get back in the airplane and do some flying together, get him, get him current and stuff like that. But, you know, I just, I'm just so excited to go just putz around, go slow, and uh, see the world from a, an interesting perspective. You know, I don't get to fly below a couple thousand feet very often. So this is, it brings back the excitement of aviation again. So I'll have to report on, on how that goes and, and what my flight is like. Let's do the pre-flight. Again, welcome to uh, everybody from, uh, uh, from us here at uh, the Stuck Mike Avcast. Uh, Sean, where are you this evening? I am at home in uh, Lexington. Um, it's uh, actually gorgeous night tonight uh sitting by the window just watching the uh beautiful blue sky and beautiful wishing i was up in it yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then eric crump of course you're from uh, central florida correct yeah just a little bit east of you hanging out uh, over in winter haven tonight i'm waving um i had a, a really cool day of aviation too our summer semester has just kicked off at polk state college so um you get to welcome new students in and um, deal with you know, a couple of days of insanity. So the insanity is starting to come down, and it's starting to, you know, it's, you know one day there is awful. But then <laughs> after that, it, it actually starts uh, getting really fun again. You get to see all those eyeballs get a lot bigger and bug out of their faces when they go fly for the first time. So that's always infectious and awesome, and, and I enjoy it. And, and to what you said, Carl, you know, once you – once you get back in the single engine airplane, you're feeling confident again. You know, then then I'll then I'll fly with you. But you go work out the bugs on your own first. Uh, oh, Eric, I uh, actually <laughs> was going to talk to you about that. I thought you were going to help me get current. <laughs> yeah, I was figuring I was going to be involved in that <laughs> <Sorry>. somehow. <laughs> Dude, no, really. <laughs> I was like going to ask you to come up with me. So uh, I guess I'll go get another instructor then. Is that what? One of my students were giving me a hard time today. They were like, "How do you run an aerospace program and fly as little as you do?" And I'm like, "Don't remind me." You don't. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> and, you know, if you guys were easier to deal with, then I could fly more. Um, and so I throw it right back at them. But no, I, I love it. You can come over anytime. You know you have a standing invitation over here. Cool, cool. Well, welcome back to the show, Eric. I appreciate you coming in and filling in tonight. Uh, Rick Felty's not with us this evening. He's having uh, some computer technical issues, but uh, he says uh, hello, and he's pretty happy also. He's one of our other aviation happiness experts. He's just not so happy about his computer this evening because it's not working very well. Our other aviation happiness expert who's here with our favorite canine aviator is Victoria. Victoria, uh, where is Turbo right now? Turbo is on the floor eating a very big treat, which will hopefully keep him occupied while I record with you happy fellas. Um, (laughs) I am actually presently very happy because I love thunderstorms, and Uh I am 
looking out the window to a distant thunderstorm and I can hear the rumble and hear the flashes occasionally and it's just gorgeous. Awesome. Awesome. I love looking at thunderstorms from the outside. <laughs> Not from the you inside. Don't like dodging them? No, no. Nor flying <laughs> through them. That's no fun. Yeah, no thank you. Yeah, but they're so pretty. I love looking at them. They're they're wonderful. Uh great light shows at night too. It's it's neat to go up and fly in this kind of weather. Uh, but uh, anyway, well, welcome, folks. I uh, and if you're listening right now, we appreciate your uh, your listening today. And we have a really cool program with a lot of different topics and some really, really you know, we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to try to uh, stick in some listener mail, and we're going to try something a little bit new in that we're going to talk a little bit about a technical topic. But it's going to be a quick. If you have a, a question that's technical, just send it to us. We might answer it right here. Or we might just send you an email, depending. Uh, so we're going to have some picks of the week, the, the same as before, and we're also going to be doing uh, some announcements. So real quickly, the let's uh, start with our sponsor. Uh, that's Aviation Universe, aviationuniverse.us. Aviation Universe is, is a really interesting and progressive shop up there in, in the Chicago area, and these folks have some wonderful products. If you're into aviation, you're an airplane geek like us, Go check them out, aviationuniverse.us. You can actually find it in the show notes, and you can click on it. Uh, so Aviation Universe is a sponsor of this episode. They have been for a while, and there's some terrific folks there. Uh, the other thing that I want to mention is the fact that we do have some of the sponsors on the side of the page. So if you want to, on the on the website, stuckmikeavcast.com. If you really appreciate this content, then go out there and, and visit our sponsors because that, that bring, helps us bring the content to you. Let's move on to our announcements. Today's announcements. Let's we have. I have one. It's uh, it's actually going to be the um, AOPA has this thing. It's called the uh, the Fly Day, and they have it in a place called Frederick, Maryland. That's pretty close to somebody else we know, right, Vic? Woo <laughs> and I am assuming that you've seen this before, right, Vic? Have you? Yeah, seen? I was. Um, I've been there the past few years. You'll see me getting sunburned. Oh, cool. Right. Well, yeah. it, it's. They have a thing called, uh, well, I'll announce it, but you can tell us a little bit about it maybe. It's June 7th on Saturday. Uh, they actually have a rain date just in case. That's going to be on June 8th. And it's going to be between 10 and 3 p.m. at Fred Frederick Municipal Airport. And that is the hometown airport and the home of AOPA. And as Victoria said, you get to uh, get to do some flying. They have some lunch there and stuff like that. Well, maybe just tell us a little bit about the event, uh, Victoria, what they do, because since you've been there. Well, Learn to Fly Day actually happens all over the country. Um, this is just the one that AOPA is doing. And what they um, do is invite the public. And it's not just the pilots. It's the public and introduce them to their local airport um, and give them free flights if they get the chance. So there'll be uh, aircraft displays, flights going on, um, booths from local uh, places. I actually am getting double booked. Um, if I can make it, I might have to be at another air show, but I'll be there running the Aviation Insurance Resources booth as well as the Sugarloaf 99s booth. So um, lots of fun to be had for sure. Where, where's Sugarloaf again? Uh, Sugarloaf is the mountain nearby, um, the closest mountain to Frederick, and oh, so that's okay. what our local uh, 99s chapter is named oh, after. Oh, yes. Those are the ladies that were at uh, the Fly It Forward event. Exactly. Yep. Uh -huh. We try to be everywhere to snag the new female pilots that we can get <laughs> cool cool all right well and if you get a chance go to any you know obviously local event but uh this one in frederick you know is a is a it's got a new leadership at aopa and i think it's going to be a little bit different this year but not much difference we just want to you know introduce people to flying so thanks thanks for introducing us. does anybody else have any announcements this evening i forgot to ask you that i'll just say if anyone's heading out to the frederick one give me a heads up and um i'll look for you Oh, you can tweet it out to her or, or find you yeah, and you know where the yeah. contact information is. Nice to meet everyone. Cool, cool. Well, thanks. Now entering cruise flight. Uh, as I said, we're going to do uh, a quick listener mail. We've been doing this. Uh, actually, we ac have been doing this. It's more been less technical topics as far as the listener mail. This is going to be more of our first technical topic. And uh, actually, this one... Uh, was Eric Crump actually helped us uh, answer this question. Uh, as you know, this one came in from expertaviator.com, which is the blog that I have, uh, but they really wanted us to answer this possibly on, on Stuck Mike Avcast. So I'll go ahead and, and read this one real quick. Um, it's uh, 
Somebody had mentioned or wrote in. I won't mention the names, by the way. Oh, and if you do write in and have a question, we'll make your question anonymous. We'll take all, all the personal information, and it's really easy to, to ask a question. Go to stuckmikeavcast.com/contact, and you can uh, you know make it fairly brief, um, but give us the story right away. So, here we go. The first question is: uh, It says first, I like your article on alternates, and one of the articles I I put out there on on Expert Aviator. However, what about when the weather is reporting occasional ceilings that are lower than 2003 at the destination. So we're talking about instrument alternates, uh, IFR alternates. Uh, 2003, 2,000 foot ceiling and three miles visibility at the destination. If it's lower than that, then you need to have an alternate. So what this person's asking is what if in the it's reporting occasional ceilings? And the person gives us a real good example. It says, let's say we're traveling into an airport that is calling 2,500 overcast and three miles visibility at our arrival time. But the destination airport is also calling for occasional 1,800 and one and three quarter mile visibility. Do you have to file an alternate with the consideration of the occasional? If so, where can I find that information? Well, Eric, I think uh, I'll let Eric answer this one real quick if you'd like, Eric. Uh, that's the one where uh, he actually wrote an answer on Expert Aviator. But uh, do they need... Do they need, based on this, an alternate, Eric? Yes. So, um, and thanks for putting me on the spot. Appreciate that. Oh, okay. Way to, way to go, Carl. <laughs> um, no, but uh, so yeah. If, if the regardless of the ceiling uh, duration, whether it's occasional, temporary, whatever you know the TAF is calling for, um, the reg simply states that the weather has to be this or or you need an alternate. So it doesn't matter if it's occasional, temporary, whatever. Yes, you, you need to file the alternate. And I guess more so than just answering that question and pointing back to the regulation, what I mentioned, which, you know, I, I am totally open to disagreement. I love conversation, especially about the, um, the finer points of flying, as Jason Miller calls it. Um, so, you know, if, if, you're, if you're looking at um, instrument, when w- do I file an alternate, do I not file an alternate? Eric's opinion is always file an alternate. Um, even if you don't need one, um, and and do that for a couple of reasons. One, because it always puts you in that mindset that the landing is never a landing until you actually touch the ground. Um, and you know, instructors say that in different ways, like um, every approach is a missed approach until you see the runway or whatever. Um, and if you're always filing an alternate, you always have that mindset. Number one, you know you're always going to have the fuel you need to get there. And number two, you're always thinking backup plan, escape route. If I need to get out of this situation, don't force it into a bad situation. Get get out of that and, and go to your alternate where you know the weather is acceptable. So um, by the regulation, yes, you need the alternate. But, um, you know, it's never a bad idea to file an alternate. It's just a, a get out of jail free card. And the, the regulation that you're talking about, that's uh, 91169, and we'll have a link to that. But I, re- I agree with you, Eric. I think you should always have your, you know, an alternate, uh, even if you really don't need one. And, you know, the, the thing you got to look at is this, too. Uh, always think about what it's going to sound like in the hearing, in the NTSB hearing. You know, at work, that's we always think about that. What is this going to sound like when we have to report this to the FA or we have to talk to our manager about that? Same with you. What do you have to? What are you going to say to the FAA when you say I didn't file an alternate, and why? The other thing I think uh, that, that you have to read into this question, I feel, is that the the person is getting confused with occasional, and occasional is part of the forecast. That is part. It's not that it's. It, it's. I, I think sometimes we, and I've seen, I've done this sometimes too, uh, uh, separating it from the forecast. It isn't separate from the forecast. If it's occasionally a hundred foot overcast, it's still you know, part of that forecast. So during that time period, that means that ceiling, you'll need an alternate for that airport. So you do, it's part of that, that forecast. So, uh, Eric, thanks for answering that. Thanks for uh, letting me put you on the spot like that, too. Yeah, anytime, Carl. Anytime. <laughs> I'll, I'll have a link to that. And actually, Eric's answer, I'll link to that uh, at, uh, at expertaviator.com. But uh, that was that was cool, and and like I said, let's if you could just write in some of your any other technical questions. We don't don't want just IFR stuff. We want some some BFR questions too, airspace, etc., or just general questions, etc., about uh, learning to fly that type of thing and and having fun with your airplane. So, well, let's move on to our topics. Uh, we have quite a few topics, and uh, the first topic actually is one that I think we talk about having happy and fun aviators. I saw this video, a YouTube video, that actually Victoria uh, is going to share with us, and it was so cool. 
And I didn't, honestly, when you told me you were going to talk about cutting uh, toilet paper with your airplane, I didn't expect to see what I saw. So so w- what was it that I saw there, Victoria? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I don't know how else to put it. Uh, you saw us cutting toilet paper with the airplane. I have a good friend of mine, Kyle. He's my uh, backup, fun-to-flying partner when Bob's gone. And he called me up and said, let's go fly. And then I said... I don't have a reason not to. So uh, we hopped out there, and uh, Kyle had recently discovered the fun of throwing toilet paper out of your airplane. And I first must apologize to one of our listeners, Steve. He has promised me for years that he would take me up in his cub, and I keep saying it's going to happen, it's going to happen, so we can go out in his cub and cut toilet paper. So I kind of cheated on him. I'm no longer a toilet paper virgin, <laughs> but I still will definitely make it up to Ohio and fly with you. <laughs> that being said, <laughs> it is a lot of fun, so I have no problem doing it again. Uh, basically, safety first. I have to say that. You get your toilet paper, get up to a decent altitude. We went up to 4,000 feet before opening the door and dropping the toilet paper out. Now, what we did when dropping the toilet paper out was making sure we had about a foot or foot and a half loose from the toilet paper, and then we tried to drop it straight down, because you know it's going to go straight back with the propeller stream there, but throw it straight down, and then the fun begins. Once the toilet paper falls out of the plane, it starts unraveling, and basically, this is where good commercial maneuvers come in. You know, um, when you have to do the power off, steep spiral mm-hmm. to simulate engine outs. That's kind of like what this is because you really have to watch your power as you're steeply turning back around, spot where that toilet paper is, and slice it with your wing. And it is so fun seeing the toilet paper come at you. And you slice it once and you go around again and see how many times you can slice it before you're at an altitude that you have to say, oh, this is low enough. You know, when I was watching that video, I it just it looked like you guys kept having more and more and more fun. Um, the, you know, the part you said about making sure you have enough of the roll open. Yes. Um, not a spoiler, but uh, you know, in the beginning, he <laughs> opens the door right away. You're like, no, 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 wait oh, a he minute! He was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I was like, it's still attached. <laughs> yeah. Give me a second here, buddy. I got to get the p- toilet paper ready. There yeah, was, you it, have to start the roll. Please start the roll, <laughs> otherwise you're going to be a little wasteful. <laughs> You know, it's, it, it's neat, though, that it looks so cool, the, the video of actually slicing through the toilet paper and the zoom, zoom. And it's, uh, it was, you could see the excitement in both of your faces. You, you know, know it's as, funny. We made those noises, too, as it happened. You we were both like, woo, yeah, <laughs> and pretended like we were shooting yeah. it. it. It was it was fun. You felt like a little fighter pilot chasing that toilet paper. And, you know, um You'll see from the video, it's quite fun that we have a view of us. So you can see us searching around and trying to keep our eye on the toilet paper. And then there's a video outside. So you can see the toilet paper going back and forth both directions. And uh, at the end of that day, our friend who's a hot air balloon pilot actually found some of the scraps on the ground. So um, (laughs) make sure you do it in a place that's not very populated and they're going to get pissed off that there's toilet paper parts (laughs) um, in their field. (laughs) Remember to clean up your waste afterwards. We just said maybe the deer needed to wipe. The deer needed to wipe. What were the odds that someone would see our toilet paper? (laughs) So when you did this, I mean, when you you went up with Kyle, I noticed you you also had another video out there about landing at, at an airport and there was like a wedding. I guess you go up with him a lot in this airplane. What What is that airplane that you flew in? Well, what he has is a Rans S7. It's a light sport home built. It's just, it's pretty much a great bush plane. It's got good wheels and, and tires for landing in on grass fields. Um, one of our first flights we did together was landing at a local winery in the backyard of this winery and that's what we did again this day was so much fun we started with the toilet paper and then we said well we haven't had enough flying yet so let's go do this winery again we haven't done it in a year so we landed at the winery and there was a wedding the day before so one of our obstacles when landing was uh, rows upon rows of folding chairs but this plane it's we make fun of it, Bob, and I make fun of it because he can't keep up with us when we do cross-country trips. You know, if he comes with us, we have to sit there and wait an hour while he tuckers behind us. But 
it is um, the ultimate plane. You can take off in no time. The the steep, steep like takeoff is amazing. You can get up to altitude where you want very quickly, and you can stop on a dime in a moment. We actually took off uphill, which I never thought was a very good idea, <laughs> <laughs> on the grass um, the grass field by the winery, and we made it up in no time at all. Like does not take any space. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was our day. We actually landed at one more grass strip and saw some power paragliders, uh, kicking balls around while flying. So, um, so was, wait, was, say that again, day. powered okay. paragliders, kicking powered paragliders. They would, um, one guy would like do a flyby and another one would put a ball out there for them to aim at and try to kick. So they'd fly by and kick the ball. Oh, cool. Now, wow. Now that power paragraph, that's where that thing's on their back, right? The big fan and stuff like that? Yeah, um, most of the guys have it where it's on their back versus being in the trike. So they actually have to run to take off. And they're kind of like in a little, like strapped in, kind of like rock climbing. Um, so there's they're not sitting in anything really. And so when you put the ball out there, they can buzz the field and kick the ball and take off again <laughs> that's so cool i got that on video too it was very entertaining to watch so you know i left that day at the airport you know of course when we landed everyone we knew was there and so we were just chit-chatting with all these pilots and having those three great flights which i only had maybe 10 minutes of stick time but i'm not complaining because the this is what i love about aviation all the people at the airport just so excited to be there and these great experiences you can have and share with them. Like, I, I left glowing. I was starving, <laughs> and I usually get hangry, but I didn't. <laughs> you know, that that is so neat that you got to have those experiences. Those are, are three different really cool things that you get to do with the, the airplanes at the airport. And, um, we, you know, a lot of times we forget to have fun with our airplanes. And that little S7S, I think it is, the courier. Yep. Wow, that looks like fun! Just to go putzing around that thing. I thought it was a super decathlon at first. You know, no, when we walked it's, up it's to a it. Rans S seven. Yeah, it's. But you know what I mean? Like in the front, it kind of looks like it at first, oh, and you're yeah. like, oh yeah. But it's and the the windows on that thing, it, it's mm -hmm. that is awesome. You look straight up. There's a big window over top of you. Yep, and you got like the sunroof going on. You can actually remove both doors if you want to. And then they also, of course, can go up and down when you're taxiing. But those doors can come off. It is a wonderful little airplane. You know, we, we make fun of him a lot because it's slow and he can't go on all the cool cross countries we do. But he gets to do so many things you can't even do in these faster airplanes. And, you know, it's one of those you need to. You need your fast, you know, cross country airplane. And then you just need your fun grass strip bush plane. Man, I tell you, I just got so excited when I was watching this video. I was like, that is so cool. And then I think that, like I said, the neatest thing was just watching your faces and oh, yeah. as you cut through there. And, the, and then the one time he missed, it was like such a disappointment. Yeah, and you should have seen me. I go, no. no <laughs> I'm why? yelling at No, you didn't get it. He, he did cry a little bit. He cut out the sobbing, you know, in yeah. the video. He didn't cut out the words he said, though. He probably should have. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that that sound that was just awesome story. I mean, that that sounds like a lot of fun doing something like that. I I used to love to do things in an airplane that that were you know lots of fun like that. And I I'm getting back to that again. Thank God, it's been been over a year and a half, and it's it's neat that you have you have a really cool and unique airport where you have all these different types of airplanes out there that you get to have so much fun and and you bring back you know the the love of aviation, which is one thing that. I think it's great, Victoria. So thanks for sharing that story. It's a great community that could easily be ruined because of all the airspace around us. But um, surprisingly, yes. it's wonderful. I mean, you know, who can you just go out to and say, hey, you want to chase some toilet paper today? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so you should you definitely know, It's funny that you said that, though, because I, I was at the airport restaurant, um, I don't know, maybe a week or two ago. I heard these two guys in the booth next to me, and the one guy says to the other, yeah, you know, I wish I could. I wish I had something to do, and uh, I could go fly. Like I, I just, I wish there was something to do. But there's no point in getting up there and just wasting the gas. And it was all I could do to keep from turning around, just be like, "Really? <laughs> there's like 30 million things you can do in an airplane." And I think you know, I, Carl said it best. I think a lot of times we forget to have fun in the airplane. Um, it either becomes, you know, we either use it for training or we use it for business, or you know, we have the airplane, but just to go up and go somewhere new or you know, my students, uh, 
love the opportunity, and and I encourage them to do this. But um, you know, they'll get an airplane, and uh, Cedar Key isn't far from us. Have you ever been to Cedar Key, Carl? Have you ever flown into it? I I, I would have remembered that I've flown over it a million times. I don't Cedar think Cedar Key I've is just so much fun that to looks land. So I mean, cool. you've got you've got eighteen hundred feet and water on both ends. Awesome. Um, and it's just it's a really awesome overwater approach from both sides. Um, there's a little air park there, and and when you land at the airport, they come get you in the golf cart and drive you into town. What town? You know, like five five feet away, and um, and there's just rows of fresh seafood restaurants because it's just a fishing village, and um, it, it's just so much fun. And I had a student the other day who uh, put out on Facebook. It was like seven o'clock at night. He's like, "I want a hamburger. There's nothing good here. I'm going to St. Pete." <laughs> And so, you know, who wants to go? So, you know, two students, I'll go with you. So they all meet up at the airport. I mean, that's just that's just something fun to do, some reason to get into aviation. And, yes, when you know, you've got to train, you've got to build the experience. And, you know, if you're using aviation for a business purpose, sure. But, you know, it's just it's such a privilege. Don't sit around and waste it. Wish you could find something to do with an airplane. Goodness, give me your airplane. I'll go find something to do with it. You know, though, Eric, if, if we are looking for somebody to go fly with, because some people don't want to fly by themselves. You know, they're like, oh, this is cool, mm-hmm. but I want to share it with somebody. I, I think don't. That's, that's a neat idea. You don't, <laughs> Victoria? I, I need to share it. That's why, oh, you know, yeah. if I'm by myself on the weekend, I really, I don't go flying. I need, you know, someone like Kyle to be like, let's go fly, let's go fly, let's go fly. Or Bob, who's like, $100 hamburger. If there's no one around to fly with me, I, it's just not as fun when you don't share it. You know, yeah. that's why it's I just such a, a community story. environment, though. You know, we pilots. You know, as much as as much grief as pilots give other pilots about being pilots, um, <laughs> it uh, it is such a social thing, and um, and I think that's one of the coolest parts about aviation is that you it's designed for you to enjoy it with other people. Not that you can't have fun just going out on a and I love just getting in an airplane and flying around with no particular place to go, uh, just because I can. Um, it's really nice to be able to do that. I love flying solo, but it's still, I, I agree totally with what you're saying, Victoria. It's really nice to be able to get some other people in the airplane and share some stories and go experience stuff. And then, and then, and, and you know, and to be quite honest, then rub it in people's faces. Not that you oh, did yeah. that toilet paper course. thing, but I do it <laughs> greatly. Um, you know, but it's, you know, you come back, you know, I guess what we did last night. <laughs> it's just, it's fun to be able to do that. The, Going out, especially uh, sh- like you guys mentioned, sharing with people, especially people who aren't used to doing it too. I mean, obviously, it's great to fly with other pilots because you're both really appreciating it. But uh, introducing other people to it who've never done it before and just kind of watching them light up, hopefully, <laughs> when they when they see what it's like. And that's why Sean's going to become a flight instructor. That's right. Hopefully, soon. Yeah. Got to yeah. have. Should we soon. get in a competition? <laughs> are you? Are you? Oh. Man, Uh-oh. let's go. Here we go. Uh, uh, starting is a loose term, but I'm hoping oh, to yeah, start. Oh, yeah, that's me. I've been starting for four years. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> By the it's way, all I, do no, have, do I do have aircraft and instructors. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're more than welcome to come down and hang out. Now, you've got to wait and let me make sure I live through flying with Carl. <laughs> if that works, I'm more than happy to fly with the other two of you. We have Sounds to good. work your way through the podcast co-hosts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One exactly. at a time. <laughs> That's right. I can't wait for the the pick of the week after I fly with Carl is absolutely going to be flying with Carl. Oh, I'm, come going, on. I'm going to release all of his bad habits to everybody. Oh, I, I know you will, too. He's going to embarrass <laughs> me totally. Oh, and <clears throat> you'll like flying with me because I, I, I actually have so much fun. and I'm so different in an airplane. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little more stiff on the ground, but you, you should see when I get in the cockpit. And, no, it was uh, it was so much fun getting in the Redbird, the the <laughs> FMX with you. I mean, it's just, I mean, you that you do this as a career. I mean, you've got you've got a lot of general aviation time, though. I mean, there's a lot of airline a few pilots who've hours. forgotten how to fly general aviation. You're fine. I give you a hard time, but you're fine. Um, you know, and it it's it's so neat just getting you in the FMX. You're like, man. This is so cool, and oh, there's an airport. Can I go land there? It's like flying with a new student pilot. Like you get so excited about committing aviation, and I love that. I just I love that enthusiasm, that excitement, um, and I think that's it. It's so infectious. I think when you get up there and you do it, um, it, it all comes flooding back. Every time I would talk to people who wanted to get back into aviation, you know, I haven't flown in five years. I need to do a flight review. You know, and they'd be sitting through the ground, and they weren't really that excited. You get them in the airplane, and, you know, five minutes, as soon as you get off the ground, five minutes later, it's like a kid in a candy store. You know, they just get so excited. And um, I just, I wish more people would do that. 
Well, it's easy to do if you do things like you do. You don't go out there and show them things like cutting cutting toilet paper or just going out to fly to different places and um, and showing them different things. And it, it just it's so exciting just seeing the world from that perspective. The other thing too, Eric, you got to realize a lot of guys that that fly for the airlines that freedom of saying, "Hey, can I land at that airport?" <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've been flying along and say to the captain, "Say, hey." Let's do a touch and go over there, huh? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> He'd look at me and say, "Well, that'd be the last touch and go we do. That's for sure. <laughs> we'll be we'll be unemployed after that one." Make sure you get some video of that. Yeah, me. yeah, that'll be. The, yeah, I'm sure there'll be a lot of video on that one. <laughs> me getting carried away in handcuffs too. No, I don't. I don't think that's happening. But you know that that's what's well, neat about it. instructing. <laughs> They, that's, that's and and Vic and I, I think Sean that'd be it'd be so cool if you try to get your instructor's license. I don't like flying by myself. That was one of the main reasons I I became an instructor is I wanted to be with other people and share that. Uh, but you know I'll, I'll admit my the person I'm partners or was partners with in the airplane and I'm going flying with him. The reason we're going flying is he's lost that love and feeling. I mean he doesn't know uh, what he wants to do and. He just he doesn't know what to do with that airplane, and he doesn't he doesn't feel like if he doesn't have a mission, he won't go flying. And I'm like, wow, you know that's tough. And and I kind of get it. Like I know the only times I like to fly by myself if I'm doing aerobatics or something like that, where I I don't have to worry about someone else getting sick on me. And but but normally it has to be somebody with me. And uh, I don't know. Do you, do you feel that way? Do you get do you get that way sometimes? Every so often, say, "Gosh, I don't know what to do next," and and then you have to think about it and say, "Hey, I'm, oh, this is what I'm going to do." Is anybody besides? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've I've been there. I mean, especially especially in mission oriented flying, where you do the same, like you're doing the same thing over and over again. You know, you have an opportunity to go fly, and I've been there. I, I so I know where this guy at the restaurant was because I've been in that place where it's. What am I going to do with this airplane? And it seems so silly when you're on the other side of that. Going, what do you mean? What are you going to do with the airplane? Go fly it. Um, but yeah, I've definitely been there, and I think the um, the the greatest thing, uh, the greatest way, rather, to you know, get you out of of that mindset where you don't know what to do uh, with the airplane is to find other people who are aviation minded that you can hang around with. Which you know, the continuation of that story is the guy who was eating lunch with the guy who didn't know what to do with his airplane said well we can always fly up to uh what did he say they wanted to get, we can always fly up to destin for dinner tonight and the guy said you know that's a really good idea now i have no idea whether they actually went up to destin and had dinner that night but um you know that's having that other person there who can say well you know let's go do something let's go commit aviation um i think that's really helpful um but yeah it's you, know, you look you look at it from the other perspective and you're like man if i only had that airplane i'd find something to do with it i've got I don't know what uh, nine airplanes, and there there are always times when there's an airplane open, and I I could do something with it, and I don't. I find something else to do. So I know what it's like. I don't mean to rag on the guy too hard. I know what it's like to be in that spot. But you know, when you're up there, do you sometimes say that to yourself? Hey, look, there's an airport down there. Let's let's ask if we can buzz the tower, you know, or or do a quick touch and go. And One of my favorite things to do in an air, quite honestly, I know this sounds silly, is to go practice you know short field landings yes i like to see how close to a point i can get and you think well you know you just do that for your training and you never do that again no i really enjoy it uh, and and what's really telling if you, you know if you haven't practiced that in a while and you go up and do it the first couple are going to be kind of iffy you know you, you might be a little short you might be a little long and then you get back in the groove of it and it's just a way to continue to brush up your skills and really when i go out and and do my own flying that's what I'm doing. I go out and I, it's all skills. I'm doing, I'm doing stall recoveries. I'm doing steep turns. I'm, I'm doing maneuvers um, because I, I want to brush up my own skills. I want to get myself, um, you know, as good as I can be all the time. Because as, as soon as you get to that point where you feel like, okay, I am proficient. As soon as you get out of the airplane, you're not as proficient as you were ten minutes ago. Because it's it's you know it's not a place that you attain a it's not like a <laughs> an online game where you attain a rank and now you're in that rank. You know you, you you get you get your proficiency back, but then if you don't keep it up, it slips away. So that's my favorite thing to do in an airplane is to go up and challenge myself. And it's like, ooh, there's a you know a short grass strip. Um, let me look up the airport information on that thing. Is it long enough? Okay. Uh, okay. And to do that and to be able to think on the fly and find those things to do in aviation and, you know, being in central Florida where you have so many different airports and all this stuff around you. I mean, you can, you can land in 10 airports in 30 minutes if you really wanted to. <laughs> That's cool. 
Well, Victoria, have you ever have you ever done that? Like looked at your friends and said, "Hey, you know, let's go up and uh, hey Goose, let's go do some of that uh, that piloting stuff." Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I I used to love taking people up, and especially first flights are the coolest thing to do. Now you can't t- be too crazy on first flights because you don't know what they can or cannot handle. But it's just always such a wonderful time to bring friends up and share something you're so passionate about uh, with others. You know, unfortunately, I can't do that right now because I don't have a medical but man as soon as that's all cleared away I am going that's awesome I, I can't wait till you get your medical back and uh, maybe we'll co- I'll come fly up in the 182 and, and we'll go do some flying that'd be fun there we go it's or, a deal or you can find an airplane up there we'll find one open yeah, airplane I have, I, hey. I have, a, I have um, access to a 172 so. oh awesome and then you can go toilet papering with yes Kyle. game on <laughs> It's so, yeah. a whole new way to reference toilet papering. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, Bring toilet paper to a new level. Isn't isn't Sean? Didn't you say this was like Top Gun Day or something like that? Yeah, I was I was gonna say I'm I'm impressed. Did you notice of uh, of quotes so far? I've got three. <laughs> yeah, I know it. I noticed. And, it's like, uh, man, Carl's putting us all to shame right now. <laughs> so so we have to come up with these Top Gun quotes, guys. Come on. That's right. We're, we're I'm, halfway I'm, through, I'm so you gotta, you gotta come on, get up your game here. Well. <laughs> Well, Vic, so thanks for thanks for sharing that. That was so awesome, and you know we could talk for hours and hours and hours about the the so many fun things we can do with airplanes. But before we get on to our our next topic, with you know Eric has something to talk a little bit about the uh, uh, drones and, and an incident that happened. But gosh, you know I I really it, you know if you're listening right now, think about something that that you might want to do that that can be fun in an airplane. Just sit there and dream about it. You know, I honestly I go to I go to sleep at night and I dream about flying airplanes and. More so, not so much work airplanes, but you know, fun planes, little planes, and and what I could do with them, and and who I've I've been able to see, and and the look on people's faces when I take them up for the first time, and uh, you know, all those really neat things. You know, bringing your your dog along, your cat or something. I don't know if you can bring a cat along, but your dog along, and and going out for a walk in some field after you land. So there's there's so many things you can dream about, and if you dream about it, you probably can do it. You just have to find someone to help you to to do that. So. Uh, but really appreciate that. Uh, Vic, we'll have some links to your videos, and you'll send them to us, right? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I think you had a blog post. Actually, that one has all that information on there. So It does, yeah. Well, if we get that link, that'd be awesome. Sure. Well, Eric, the, the next topic, uh, we're a little over halfway through, so just talk, we, had, we had a discussion before this, and it was, it was about uh, UASs or, or unmanned aircraft systems or drones, and I think you referenced there was an incident that I don't know a lot about. Maybe, Sean, also, since you're into the news, uh, maybe one of the two, you can brief us real quick what happened, then we can have a quick discussion. Yeah, I mean, actually, Sean, you may know more about it than I do. I mean, I just know the, the basic headlines. Um, but uh, apparently, uh, sometime last week, I can't remember the exact date now, um, It uh, as it turns out, apparently this um, American Air uh, uh regional jets on approach to Tallahassee, Florida, and um, uh, had a near miss with a drone. That's what came out, what was reported. Um, but, you know, it, it, it as everything does, when you, you start talking about drones near commercial aircraft, it, it turned into this sensational story. And it was something that was actually mentioned at a conference out in San Francisco. Um, it, it was reported to air traffic control, um, and all of that stuff was going on. Um, but the, the, what they're trying to figure out now is if it was actually some kind of quote-unquote unmanned aircraft or if it was some hobbyist RC aircraft. And at what point does one become the other? And because the FAA is still you know, admittedly, by their own admission, behind in developing uh, uh, legislation for integrating unmanned aircraft into the national airspace system, there really isn't that clear definition of, you know, at what point am I flying an RC aircraft and it becomes an unmanned aircraft? And, you know, should I be flying it in the approach corridor to an airport? Well, probably not. Um, and who's who's regulating that? What's going on? So, of course, the general public freaks out and they're worried that they're going to be flying and all of a sudden this, you know, this predator <laughs> is going to, you know, like run into them on final. And it, you know, and there's still an ongoing investigation to figure out what it was. But 
you know, when you when you hear, you know, a drone, everybody thinks about the pre- and I actually saw one news article that actually had a, the picture with the headline was a picture of a predator with missile. <laughs> all dr- like, Eric, didn't you know that all drones are predators? You didn't know that? Apparently, oh, apparently that's on. what it is. You know, it's, so there's this picture of a predator with a full like armament loadout, like that was on final in Tallahassee with this you know Piedmont jet. Anyway, so. That's that's the story. That's that's what happened, and you know it just brings up that that continuing question that the the public is upset about, the FA is upset about. Quite frankly, the unmanned aircraft community is really upset about it because it's this huge uh, market segment that's ready to just explode. Pardon the pun, um, you know, and and the FA just will not get the legislation out and um you know every time they they set a deadline to release something it's well yeah it's going to be later it's going to be later um and you know the um maybe some people don't know the fa recently announced less than a year ago six test sites where they were going to be integrating unmanned aircraft into the national airspace system in a test environment to work on different technologies like sense and avoid which is an automated system that does what a pilot would normally do by looking around and looking for other aircraft and avoiding them but this would be an automated system so they're they're testing all of these things to see how unmanned aircraft will eventually hopefully fit into the national airspace system so i just thought i'd bring it up because it's one of those it is an over sensationalized issue this is probably some you know some hobbyist who built an rc aircraft in his basement and was out flying it around and it got too close to a you know a, a jet you know you, you, and and i i am i guess maybe a little bit more sensitive to the issue just because lakeland florida where my college program is based has an rc airstrip on the field a nice paved RC airstrip, and they have the this huge RC air show that they just finished um, a week or two ago um, out there. And there's you go outside, and you have two traffic patterns: one with all the real airplanes, the big airplanes, and this other one with these little jets doing 200 miles an hour, but they're you know the size of a of a computer monitor or maybe a big screen TV in some cases. Those things get pretty big, um, and it's so I, I get what that's like having. Um, RC aircraft in close proximity to other airplanes, and I just thought I'd bring it up and just see, you know, where everybody else's stance was on it. Other than obviously it wasn't a predator, so they they weren't coming to shoot down the Piedmont jet. Yeah, one thing that that jumps out at me uh, with respect to this one is that it was described as looking like an F four, <laughs> and um, you know, don't they use F fours as target drones down there? Yeah, they do, um, um, but not not in Tallahassee. Um, yeah, not 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 at the Tallahassee Regional Airport. No. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, not anywhere near where this thing popped up. Right, but, but that guys, that popped out of me, and I thought, huh? Hobbyists build those airplanes that I mean, they're you know what, like one tenth scale, one fourth yeah. scale models of. I mean, they get humongous. Um, I remember a year or so ago in Lakeland, they had a I forgot what this. It was a gigantic seven sixty seven. RC airplane. It was gigantic. And it's jet powered. It's really fast. And this, I was over on the north side of the airport in the airport terminal, and the guy was bringing it in for a landing and lost control of it and crashed on the RC airstrip. It's a huge ball of fire. I mean, it's a, it's a, I mean, they get really big. And I mean, I get that, but they build them, you know, to scale size of, of larger real airplanes. So yeah, maybe it looked like an F4. Maybe it was an F4 model. That's, mm-hmm. that's highly possible. When do we start calling them unmanned aircraft systems or, or drones? And weren't they called radio-controlled airplanes? When, when do we start switching over? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I think everybody's trying to figure uh, that. You know, out. when you when when people started putting cameras on them, for I don't know why cameras made this delineation between just radio-controlled airplanes and drones. But for me, I've noticed it. You know, when uh, there was the AR Parrot drone that came out, that's when I really started seeing people calling. RC aircraft drones as as a mainstream thing, and I'm not sure why that suddenly you know adding cameras to them did that, but that that's what I've noticed. That see, and that to me doesn't make sense. I mean, since I've been doing them and doing model rockets, they've uh, we had cameras on board and we took pictures when we shot them up, and that was before we even had GPS and we used to write on tablets. So you know, when when did we make this distinction? I mean, we were able to put little cameras in our little air, model airplanes and take pictures. Obviously, not the video, but we've tried film before. Remember the old eight millimeter film? Oh, maybe not. You guys don't remember that. But, but, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. No, I remember 8 millimeter film. And, 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 you know, How did you download that? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and had to convert that. But yeah, you know, it, it's funny how we, we're now we're calling them drones. That's fine. If we want to call them drones, we can. But, you know, when you talked about attaching a camera to it, there's another really important thing is that, you know, if it's going to be recreational, uh, you can't use this for any commercial reasons. You can take pictures for fun. But let's say you put a YouTube video online and it's with a camera and then you put ads in your YouTube video, that's actually commercial purposes because you're making money on that. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be really careful how you do that. Uh, I, I see that also. You ever watch some of those TV shows, how they have these little drones and they go up and take pictures above a house especially, yeah. like on Home and Garden TV? Uh, I'm not sure how legal that is either. You know, it's, I think it's really great. There have been a, a few lawsuits filed, and I, I think – Someone, a judge ruled that the FAA couldn't regulate it, and then, of course, that's going to be appealed. Um, but I've got buddies who are just chomping at the bit that do real estate videos. Oh. And I think, Eric, like you mentioned, I mean, there's a whole waiting to just, it's going to be unbelievable once there's an actual framework in place to do it legally. But once once the FAA makes these rules, assuming they do so sometime in the next couple of years, there are a whole bunch of people just cannot wait to get their drones off the ground. Right. But yeah, I've got a friend who does uh, real estate also, and he asked me, he goes, you know, hey, can can you fly one of these little uh, one of these little drones with the camera on it? I'm like, probably not. I'm not good with when it's coming at me. I'm, I, I fly the airplane from the inside. I can't do it backwards. <laughs> um, and uh, he goes, yeah, you know, I've I've got these uh, this competition, and they're doing all these like they these really like multi-million dollar properties, and they do these you know low-pass um, flying camera shots of the house to make these really snazzy uh, you know video tours and things. I'm like, you really can't do that. I mean, eventually somebody's going to find out about it. You can get I mean, you can get in trouble, um, serious trouble for it. I mean, the most famous one, I guess, I think is what you were talking about, Sean, about the uh, the student at University of Virginia. Yeah, yeah. About was flying the drone all around and, and taking pictures and things like that. And he posted it on YouTube, and um, the FA, like I forgot, some kind of ridiculous, huge financial penalty, and it went to court and everything. And the, the judge said, you know, you, you have no legal bounds to regulate that airspace or that operation, uh, because the FA has been saying from one foot above the ground up, we own that air, and. It, that's just, I mean, you can say that, but there's no, there's no legal foundation to. State that yes, around an, an around an airport, yeah, you you can have airspace that extends down to the surface, but out in the middle of nowhere, that's really not true. I mean, when you look at the FAA's standards on all the precedents for airspace in areas not around airports, you know, you have the minimum altitude requirements. You know, if you're in a congested area, a thousand feet above the ground; if you're in a non-congested area, five hundred feet above the ground. And so, the judge's perspective is, you know, below that below whatever airspace is prevalent in that area, you don't have any jurisdiction there. Um, and quite frankly, no one can figure out who has jurisdiction there. Does anyone have jurisdiction there? Um, and that's uh, and so that, that whole thing got overturned, and then, of course, the FAA is going to appeal that. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, there's just this, this huge underground market, and a lot of people are already doing stuff with with this footage now and um you know the fa's stance has been well as soon as it becomes a commercial purpose then it's you know then it's something we're going to take issue with which is kind of a silly thing to because like carl said if you if you upload a video to youtube and it has ads in it you allow ad supported videos then it technically that's you're making money off of the video and the fa can come after you which is you know that's that's not a very good dividing line because even if you're not you know, if you're out operating near an airport with a, a parrot drone, you know, even you can you can cause some damage. I mean, there has to be some responsibility on the part of the operator to stay out of the area where you know other aircraft are operating. And I think we've seen these in the past, like uh, the radio-controlled airplanes. You know, they've had near misses, etc., at air, at airports, and now just because they're becoming prevalent, we're we're seeing them reported more often. I mean, I've. I've seen them go by. I've seen gliders go by, you know, and they they can be way far up there, and they're not they're not unmanned, but they don't have a transponder because they're not within the veil. So you're sitting there saying, "Gee, you know, how about those?" You know, we start looking at all this, like how do we prevent collisions? And uh, and and the real I think the real story here to to me is that there's going to be more of these unmanned aircraft systems, or there's going to be more of these drones out there. How are we going to prevent them from bumping into each other? 
causing uh, undue harm to people on the ground and also to other aircraft in the sky. So that's that's a huge conversation that we have to have. And, you know, they're, why they, you know, I'd love to hear what you think, why they've become so popular. I personally think it's because uh, they're easier to fly than they were before. Uh, before you used to hear about them crash all the time. Now they have systems that, that you can, anybody can hover. Uh, I don't know what you feel about that. Quadricopters, they're so stable. Um, and, and, and the, the cost of entry is so low now. I mean, you can get them for two or three hundred bucks. And they seem to be pretty durable. So if you wreck it, you don't have to start all over again. It just dust it off and throw it back up. And I think the old RC market was predominantly like you build build from a kit, so it was all from scratch. And some people just didn't want that kind of time investment. Where now you can just go get a box. You come home, you take the thing out, and it's ready to fly immediately. I think people like that. You know, there are some people who still. I have several students in my program, actually, who are big RC enthusiasts, and they build their own air, I mean, from nothing. I mean, some of them have built their own kits, even. So, and I, I think that's really neat. And, but there are other people who really like just being able to pull something out of a box and go fly it immediately. And with the advent of the iPad, now it's not just the, the old remote control with the two sticks. Now you're tilting and, and moving the iPad and the, and the you know, especially the quadcopters, you know, will fly around based on how you position the iPad. I mean, that's just, it's, it's a neat, it's a neat hobby, you know, to, to play around with. And I mean, when we talk about playing with, you know, RC or, you know, call them drones, whatever you want to call them. When you look at what's going on in not just the military, but in the law enforcement sectors, I mean, you can breach a house where you know there are people with guns, where before you had to send in the SWAT team and somebody might get shot. Now you can send in a, you know, a quadcopter with a camera to see what's going on in there. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a huge step forward. I think there's, and there are a lot more positive benefits like that. I mean, look at how many people die every year from, from pipeline patrol. Um, because they, you know, lose track of airspeed and get into a stall spin, um, and not to not to replace pilots. I'm not advocating that we should get rid of all the pilots and get rid of manned missions, like what you see happening predominantly in the military. I just think that there are some uses where unmanned aircraft really makes sense. Now, do I want to be out in the local practice area and see a, you know, a one fourth scale Cessna 172 fly by me without a pilot in it? No, not really. That that doesn't appeal to me very much, um, but I think they definitely have their they definitely have their uses. Yeah, they sure do. And boy, you're, we're bringing up so many good points here. We could almost do another podcast just on on drones. Oh, wait a minute, there is that. There is the uh, UAS podcast that's out there, and they they talk about drones all the time. And this this really has been blowing up. And I understand all the like what Eric just said, all the concerns amongst people. It's like, gosh. You know, we we don't want to be bumping into things up there, and and we've been flying drones successfully in uh, the military environment, but uh, you know we're in a civilian environment where it's very important to protect uh, the life and limb of everybody around us, and uh, you know there can be no collateral damage in in our environment here. We have to make sure that it does work properly, and there, there this this can go on and on, but I think that this was a great idea to bring this up because now. Uh, us as pilots, we also we look for other traffic, but now we we might want to start looking for that small thing that looks like a bird. It may not be a bird; it may be a a small drone or or radio controlled aircraft that's going to be out there. So it's something to be more vigilant about now that we're flying. Uh, <laughs> one more thing to add to what we're doing. But uh, great discussion. If you have any you know if any comments, please you know go to the website stuckmikeavcast.com slash contacts and uh, and send us a little uh, uh, email and, and let us know what you think about about drones and flying around there. Well gosh guys, you know I can't believe we've burned up all of our time this evening. It's coming to a close. And this has really been a lot of fun and really interesting talking about drones and, and becoming those aviation happiness experts that we are. And, and the fact that, you know, we've, we're, we're also using those Top Gun. I hope we've put in a couple other Top Gun slogans there, you know. That's, um, I, I'd never actually heard of that whole Top Gun day. What day is that actually, by the way? Does anybody know? May 13th. May 13th. Oh. Or at least it was this year. I'm not sure if it's always that or not. I'll be darn. So that's the day we're recording this. Of course, it'll come out on, on June 1st. So May 13th. Awesome. Awesome. Our picks of the week. 
Well, let's move on to, to the next thing here that we have is our picks of the week. Of course, uh, we all have uh, those things that are interesting to us, and they can be websites or products, etc. But we have some pretty cool picks of the week. Victoria, why don't you lead us off tonight on your pick of the week? Well, uh, my pick of the week has to do with my topic, toilet paper cutting. <laughs> I was thinking in the air, sometimes that white toilet paper just blends in too much with the pretty blue sky. And we had our heads turning around like, where to go? Where to go? It was hard to catch. So what if you used brightly colorful toilet paper? <laughs> and so in my search for colorful toilet paper, I found, I quote, the sexiest paper on earth. There's this website called Renova, and it has every color of toilet paper <laughs> known wow. to man. Um, bright neon green, bright blue, purple, brown. There's a spring collection. Um, there's Renova. A spring art. collection of yes. toilet paper. Wow. Yes. And there's okay. ones with, like, football fields on them. Um, there's Renova <laughs> Art. This one has a lady with really nice legs and stilettos kicking a soccer ball. I mean, <laughs> there's giraffe. Oh, they make napkins too. So um, yes, definitely. If you don't are get those confused, paper, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> if you're uh, looking for some toilet paper cutting fun, and you know we're sick of the plain old white toilet paper, check out Renova. Now it is um, a European shop, so. These are in euros, so you're looking at like a hundred dollars in shipping. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. But I'm sure there's other ones. But this site just had oh, here's a six pack of bright blue is seven uh, euros, just over seven euros here. So lots of colors, lots of colors, lots of fun. Carl, fly over and get us some toilet paper. I might just do that actually. Get on it. I'll bring a whole big box because it can't weigh that much. That's for sure. And <laughs> well, my question is: Is this like a uh, whatever, like a, uh, a lollipop is, is, does it, <laughs> is it <laughs> like the lollipop turns your tongue? Oh whatever. no, oh, no, let's oh, not go oh. there. You know, it, I tell you, this looks, when you sent me this email, I have to say, Victoria, I thought you were spamming me or something happened to your email address. I'm like, really <laughs> sexy toilet paper? Come on. Is, is this and I just totally got lost. The one thing I like though is the Halloween. The Halloween toilet paper, I definitely want to get that. But uh, I'm not sure though. I mean, I, I kind of I think I'd be a little bit it'd scare the heck out of me. Well, uh, I don't know how eco-friendly it is. So, you oh. know, we'll check how much of these dyes what they'll be doing when they're decomposing on the grass, but oh. um Whatever. We'll, we'll we'll have Nature. a link, link, link to that, Victoria. That was that was good. Thanks. I mean, talk about talk about fun. You know, you get to <laughs> cut toilet paper with your airplane and get some fun and happy toilet paper in your house. Um, but yeah, we appreciate that. Vic. Uh, moving on to our next one, uh, Sean. What what's your pick of the week this week? I'm afraid to follow that up. <laughs> I, know, I um, <laughs> should have let us go first, Carl. Mine's really boring. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is uh, an iPhone app called uh, Sky Guide, and it is a guide to constellations, planets, uh, stars, satellites. Um, you you take your phone, you open the app, and you point it up at the sky, and it shows you what should be there. Um, so if it's a nice cloudless night at home, what you see on the screen should line up with what you're looking at, and you can tap on uh, either constellations, stars, the planets, and, and find out more about them. Um, and it'll also show you where they're going to be progressing through the sky. And I believe you can also look at different days and see where things will be. Um, so it's really fun to play around with and just sort of explore. You know, if there's a certain bright thing that you've seen in the sky and noticed before and you've ever thought, what is that? You hold your iPhone up, tap on it on the screen, and find out that it maybe that's Venus or Saturn. Um, so if you, uh, look in the app store, I believe it's iOS only under sky guide, you will find it. And I think it's either $4 or $5. It's not too much. Wow. It looks like it's one ninety nine. Oh, well, Hey, maybe it's on a special deal or something, Yeah, maybe but it looks so. like it also maps out the constellations, but not just, yeah. it yeah. shows like a little like lithograph image behind where the stars are. This is really cool. This is awesome. Another thing I'm going to have to buy. Yeah, <laughs> you just replaced Rick for 
being that's the right. person I hate the most <laughs> making me buy these apps. <laughs> that really is cool, though. That Sky Guide is well, awesome. Well, Sean, for getting us all interested in this, you owe us all $2. So we're <laughs> oh, clear about no. that. <laughs> I got it free. There was some promo one time, so I got it free. So I, I, I got it spoiled. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, knew you were going to review really it. This does look really cool. My kids would love this. They love going out and looking at the stars and stuff. They love playing with their telescope and all that. They'd love this. Yeah, neat, neat stuff. But, uh, well, Eric, since you're talking, what what's your pick of the week this week? I think you have a really neat one. Yeah, I, well, I shouldn't have said it wasn't, it doesn't compare, it doesn't compare to Victoria's toilet paper. That definitely takes the cake in its, in its category. Right, guys. So kudos <laughs> for that. That's awesome. Um, but uh, no, my pick of the week is actually something sort of near and dear to my heart, which is Sun and Fun's summer camps, because it's uh, getting into that season. Actually, summer in Central Florida really is from like April to November, but... <laughs> But anyway, um, real summer that other people consider, um, it's, it's coming up really soon. And, you know, there's so many different types of summer camps that Sun and Fun offers. And I, I, I talk to so many people, um, especially just, you know, in this aviation-rich area here in Central Florida, who remember going to Sun and Fun to one of the summer camps or um, who, you know, remember going to the fly-in as a kid um, or whatever and, and how, how much that inspired them. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so great to see these young kids come in and it really go, it's, it's a huge range of ages too. it. It runs, you know, from uh, seven years old all the way up through 18. Um, and there's obviously different age approach. They're broken down into age groups. Um, but you have like the, the destination aviation summer camp where you basically do three days of ground school. And then the fourth day you actually fly in an airplane, you plan out a flight, you take uh, two of the other uh, kids who are there. So three kids and an instructor, and you you map out these. You basically everybody flies a leg, um, so it's it's intense. But it's not just you know showing up for the day. There are residential options too. So if you're coming in from out of the area, you don't live in Central Florida, or you don't live really close to the Lakeland area, you can do the residential camp also, where you can actually stay there um, and you know do the whole campfire sing along type thing. I mean, it, it, going to camp in the summer is kind of like a rite of passage for a lot of kids, but Come on, let's be honest, kids. Do you want to go to camp or do you want to go to aviation camp? Let's 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 be honest here. <laughs> um, and so, you know, the destination aviation is it's that really cool flight opportunity. But then you've got um, you've got the STEM, the science, technology, engineering, and math summer camps also, which are geared more toward the younger audiences. You know, they build rockets, and it's I mean, it's the whole aviation gamut. And I just I love these opportunities where you can get kids involved in aviation. And you know, hands off or hats off to you know Sun and Fun for putting this together. It's a huge uh, undertaking. They do it every summer. Um, and uh, it's it's a great program, and it's just really cool seeing those kids' eyes light up. And if you actually go to Sun and Fun's website, sun-n-fun, and I'm sure Carl will have a link to it on uh, in the show notes too. But um, you go and look, and there's just there you look at the photo gallery, and it's just a bunch of really excited kids. And uh, you know, for those of us who are looking at it from the you know the professional side of aviation. We need as many of them as we possibly can get. So it's, it's really great to see these opportunities, and I, I love this program. So I just wanted to throw it out there for people who, who maybe were aware of it, didn't know the times. Um, check out Sun and Fun's website, and uh, all the registration information and everything is there if you're interested. They also have a lot of stuff out there uh, for events all throughout the year. So uh, mm-hmm. if you can't make it to that camp, gosh, there's so many other things you can do. But that's, that, is, that is so neat that they're doing that over there. They're, they're really moving forward and putting forth so many new things. And that, those camps are just awesome. That's neat that you got to hang out there, too. And uh, Yeah, and it's good for my students, too. My students get to volunteer. We're right there. You know, We're a quarter mile down the road from where Sun and Fun uh, headquarters is. So my students get to go over and work with the kids. And so it gives them an opportunity to have that give back mentality, which is so important. Um, because we need people, you know, to be giving back, you know, give back what you learn to somebody else. Uh, my first instructor taught me that, and it's just stuck with me this this whole time. But it allows us to get out of the classroom a little bit and, and do some more, you know, hands-on stuff and, and get the, you know, the, the, the reward that comes from, you know, getting to see kids who previously, you know, looked up and are like, man, that would be so cool, but I could never really do that. And get to see them come in and actually have a chance to do that. It's It's really, it's really awesome. Well, that's cool. Thanks, thanks for that one, Eric. That's that's really really cool. That's uh, that sounds like a lot of fun too. Well, my pick of the week, I guess I'm I'm going to go last here. Is I think a lot of fun, and it has a little bit to do with Disney in Florida. It's a B29 named Doc, and it's actually a website uh, b29.doc. Uh, 
or B29Doc.com. But anyway, we'll have the link on the website. Doc is uh, an old B-29 that was sitting in the desert that uh, a group of folks back in 1987 rescued from the Mojave Desert. And it was just sitting there baking in the sun. And they brought it to the United States uh, Aviation Museum. Well, a group of folks decided, hey, you know what would be really cool? If we could make this airplane fly, what would be more fun than flying in a B-29 named Doc? You know, after Doc and the, and the, the Disney character. Well, gosh, <laughs> they've decided to do that and go forward with it. So last year, a group of folks formed a 501c3, and these folks are going to restore Doc to flying condition, and they're actually going to start flying it again. Uh, so there won't be just one B-29 Fifi flying anymore. They're going to also have Doc out there. And what they're looking for is donations, of course, or you can get involved in any way possible. That'd be awesome just to spread the news. And like we're doing here, trying to spread the news about this this really, really neat organization. And it's just called Doc's Friends. Uh, and these Doc's Friends are restoring the aircraft. And you can be, become involved just by giving a little donation or just spreading the, spreading the word here. Uh, it, it, it's such a neat airplane. So many of these were built out in Wichita, Kansas, and, and where it's put in the desert to, to just bake away. But now there are, people are starting to, to have a little bit of money and uh, be able to put some money together with donors to make these beautiful aircraft fly again. And if you've never seen the, the B-29 fly, it is pretty, pretty darn impressive. And we'd love to see it fly again, this one here. So again, just go to www.b-29doc.com. The After Landing Checklist. Well, folks, uh, <laughs> that wraps it up for this episode of, uh, you know, your aviation happiness experts. Uh, we appreciate your, your coming here and listening to us. Don't forget our sponsors, AviationUniverse.us uh, is sponsors this episode. And if you could go out to the website and visit our sponsors if you appreciate the content that helps us bring this program to you. Well, from myself, Carl Valeri, Sean Moody, Victoria Zyko, and Eric Crump, we appreciate your coming here. And we hope to see you next episode. And think of one thing that you can do that will make you happy as an aviator from your aviation happiness experts here at the Stuck Mike Avcast. Safe flying. Talk to you next episode. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Avcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Avcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.